Hello, and welcome to Moving Markets by Julius Baer, a podcast series where our experts discuss the latest market developments and put the headlines in perspective to set you up for the coming day. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Moving Markets podcast. My name is Olivier Maris. I'm an investment writer at Julius Baer in Zurich, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my colleagues, Mike Rauber, from Investment Writing for an update on the market news, and Menso Pochinci, our Head of Technical Analysis, for a technical update. So with that, let's get started. I'll hand it over to you, Mike, for the markets wrap. Hello, Olivier. On Friday, U.S. non-farm payroll figures for June showed a rise of almost 400,000. This means that the private sector in the U.S. economy has now, has now recovered all the jobs lost during the pandemic. The unemployment rate stayed at a five-decade low of 3.6%. The 10-year U.S. Treasury yield jumped after the release of the job numbers to well over 3%. And markets continued to price in a 75 basis points hike by the Fed at its FOMC meeting on the 26th, 27th of July. The star performer for the week was the Nasdaq, up 4.6%, while investors shunned oil and gas stocks, after oil fell briefly below $100 a barrel. The S&P 500 ended the week 1.9% higher. But investors don't seem to have much trust in the equity market rally. Net short non-commercial positions in the S&P 500 are at their highest since June 2020. Data from the Commodity Futures Trading Commission shows. This Monday morning, European futures are lower after most Asian stocks dropped, along with U.S. equity futures. And the dollar is moving higher as the risk-on move has somewhat dissipated. This turn in sentiment follows a report out of Shanghai that there has been a first case of the highly infectious BA5 Omicron subvariant Sunday, which is stoking fears of further lockdowns. And China's tech stocks are falling sharply after Alibaba and Tencent have received further regulatory fines. The Hang Seng Tech Index is 4% lower on the day. The Japanese yen has fallen to a fresh 24-year low, breaching the 137 level against the US dollar. This after Japan's ruling coalition expanded its majority in Sunday's upper house election with investors interpreting the result as a quasi-referendum on the country's super-easy monetary policy. And so Japanese equities are bucking the trend in global equity markets this Monday, gaining on the day. All of this is occurring in the shadows of the tragic death by the former Prime Minister Abe. Brent oil is starting the week at just above $106 a barrel, as it remains torn between growth concerns and the war in Ukraine. Over the weekend, French finance minister Bruno Le Maire said Europe must prepare for Russian gas deliveries to be shut off entirely. Turning to gold, it is starting the week at $1,741 an ounce after having now fallen for four weeks in a row. Bitcoin is in line with the cautious start to the week, down over 5% since Friday at around $20,500. In corporate news, Elon Musk is trying to step away from its offer to buy Twitter. 
But the company is now reported to have hired a top law firm to sue Elon Musk for moving to dump his $44 billion takeover of the company. This story seems to have long legs. Coming to this week, it will actually be quite an important one for markets. U.S. inflation figures and the Fed Beige Book are out on Wednesday. The central banks of New Zealand, Canada and South Korea will announce their policy decisions also on Wednesday. And China GDP data is to be released on Friday, as well as U.S. retail sales and industrial productions, to name just the most important data to be released this week. And of course, the earnings season is upon us with J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley and the Swiss company Partners Group ringing the earnings bell starting this Thursday. Beyond the individual results, investors will be looking at earnings releases to gather further insights into the state of the economy. And in fact, whether companies can keep up their profits as both inflation and growth are of real concern. This is all from me and back to you, Olivier. Thank you for the roundup, Mike. And now over to you, Mansour. What is your take on the latest market action from a technical point of view? Yes, good morning from the technical side. Uh, when we look at markets from the technical side, basically we see that equity markets are trying to bottom. So when we look at the S&P 500, the picture remains unchanged. We have here major resistance at uh, 4,000 and 4,200. So what is needed for the market to uh, finally recover, we think still what is needed is a broad-based rally. So when we look at short-term market participation, we see that it is uh, slightly positive, but still not uh, not uh, not very bullish. So we are looking here for this week to see if we can see here a broad-based rally. We've heard it before. There has been some improvement in the relative performance of growth stocks to the S&P 500. So the Nasdaq 100 had its best week since August uh, 2020 on a relative basis. Uh, we think this is a first sign of a stabilization, but here as well, when you look at the long-term chart, we're approaching long-term support levels, long-term momentum is bottoming, and it will be interesting to see over the next few weeks if growth stocks can actually pick up. So we have a close eye here to see if we have more evidence uh, for uh, growth stocks to resume their outperformance. Coming over to the currency markets, uh, the euro basically um, uh, dropped here to multi-year lows uh, below major support at 103. Uh, when we look at the chart, we see that the euro is uh, weak on a broad basis uh, against uh, all major currencies. And the uh, euro US dollar is probably going to uh, drop below parity in the coming days. Looking at the long-term picture, we would assume that the long-term uh, correction here resumes and uh, that downside potential is still uh, uh, quite big on the downside. So that's why we recommend investors to uh, avoid the euro and uh, see here further downside potential. Looking at the commodity markets, uh, the last shoe to drop might still be crude oil. So we have seen here uh, a rebound last week. Nevertheless, uh, the lows of uh, last week's uh, are here very interesting levels to watch. So when we look at Brent crude oil, uh, the lows are around 106, 105 are very interesting levels to watch. So we think that uh, once these levels are broken on the downside, that crude oil uh, is probably the last commodity to drop and probably will join other commodities and correct in a bit of a sharper way down in the next couple of weeks. That's all from our side. Back to you. Many thanks, Mansour. And with that, we conclude today's episode of the Movie Markets podcast. Thank you to our speakers and thank you all for tuning in. We do hope that you'll join us again soon. 
You have been listening to Moving Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you've heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, or our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbear.com.